So I'm going to start from uh, the book of 2 Kings. One of my favorite verses. So 2 Kings 6. Here's the, the, um, the background of it. It's really kind of cool. Well, you have the, um, the, 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 the area, the country of, of Aram, ancient kingdom, and they were fighting at war with the ancient nation of Israel. This is after Judah and Israel were split, so the northern kingdom was Israel, and they were fighting with the kingdom of Israel, and then the king of Aram would want to attack Israel in a certain place. But Israel had a little secret weapon, and that secret weapon was a prophet. And that prophet's name was Elisha, anglicized to Elisha. Elisha. And it says that Elisha knew what the king of Aram was even planning or contemplating in his bedroom. Like the king of Aram would be like in his little, in his little bed there, you know, just thinking, where am I going to attack these people? Where am I going to send my army? And he would do that all in private, but no matter how private it was, God would give a word to the secret weapon of Elisha. And Elisha would tell the king of Israel, they're going to go over there, so get your, get your men over there and be ready for them because the war is coming to that spot. And then Aram would try it over here, and Elisha would be like, got it, Lord. And then he would sit to have the king of Israel send you know, his army over there. And then you know, he got so upset, the king of Aram got so upset at first of all, he thought that he must have had a spy in his midst, but they had to clarify, there's no spies here, it's that, that guy, Elisha. So we gotta go get him. So they're like, fine, let's go get him. So the king of Aram, that's the background, the king of Aram and his army are coming to get Elisha, and Elisha had a servant, and the servant saw the army coming, and um, starting at verse 15, now with the attendant, the attendant of the man of God, that's Elisha's servant, had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was surrounding the city, that's the army of Aram, so now they're coming to get him. They're coming to get Elisha. So his attendant said to him, Alas, it is hopeless, my master. Anybody ever feel hopeless? It is hopeless, my master. What are we going to do? Fear not, he replied. Come on. For those who are with us are more Amen. than those who are with them. Amen. Then Elisha prayed and said, Adonai, please open his eyes, my servants, open his eyes that he may see. Then Adonai opened the eyes of the young man, the servant, and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed to Adonai and said, please strike this people with blinding light. So he struck them with blinding light according to the word of Elisha. So there's a couple things I want everyone to take out of that verse. Number one, there's a whole lot going on in heaven. Yes, amen. There's a whole lot going on in heaven. 
If you're going to take anything out of that verse, take out, there's a whole lot going on in heaven. There was an army that was surrounding Elisha, and he prayed that his servant had eyes to see it. May we have eyes to see what is happening behind the veil. There is so much happening behind the veil. Number two, what did Elisha have to do to activate the angelic army. What did he do? He prayed to activate the angelic army. I want you to know how effective prayer is. It seems so trite and inconsequential. Oh, I do not. And we pray about these little minute things Whatever you're praying for, I want you to know that prayers are effective. Amen. They're effective. Amen. Effective is a noun that starts with an E, but they affect verb starts with an A. Amen. This world, because your prayers penetrate heaven, God wants all of us to participate in his plans by our prayers. Amen. Amen. Last week I spoke about us elevating our level of faith to the level where he's pouring out his power. This week I want to tell you that you can elevate your prayers and partner, participate Amen. with his plan. Amen. You know, bless the Lord for the event we had on, on Sunday night. Yeah. Can we just give a little shout out? <laughs> That was pretty over the top. Yes, it was a joy to be here yes. with the body of Messiah coming together on his holy day on Shavuot. Yes. Many churches came together. Thank you, Father, for all that happened. Thank you for the, all the churches that came in one accord. Yes. And thank you, Lord, that everybody came kind of expectant. Amen. That was a beautiful thing. Yes. But I'm going to tell you what charges me up the most about our Shavuot event last Sunday night. Everything we prayed for happened. Everything we prayed for. And I'm not just talking about capacity and having a, a, a full house here. I'm not even talking about which we prayed for. I'm not even talking about uh, the, the worship and the joy and the unity, all these wonderful things that we experienced on Sunday night. Uh, I'm not even talking as much about that. But we were praying, starting in the beginning of the counting of the Omer season, right along the line with God's calendar and his, his holy times, his Moedim, his holy times. We started to pray every night, every night, praying for a reduction in COVID. So the governor, and it didn't matter, like some people were praying, you know, like from their own perspective, like the government was wrong and we pray that God opens their eyes. And then others were like, I don't know what the government, what's going on with the government. I just pray the COVID goes away. Yeah. Whatever we brought forth, it was all answered. Amen. Three days before Shavuot, the CDC makes their announcement about the change of the mask policy. Three days. This confounded even the liberals. Amen. There's still people who are still saying, that was too soon. Why did they do it? They, they could have done it in a month from now or two months from now. They watched the announcement. And I don't know if it's a good idea. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. 
And I say this with, with, with humility, Amen. with gratitude, Amen. and a covering. I believe that our little tent here affected yes. national policy. Amen. Amen. I believe it. We were a part of it. Well, maybe God was going to do it anyway. I don't know. I'm not God. I can't figure all that stuff out. I can't figure all that stuff. Why do you pray? You're doing it. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that we prayed for a thing that was completely out of our control. We couldn't petition the governor like, oh, you should end this or do this or take away that. We petitioned God three days before Shavuot. Everything changes. The next day, two days before Shavuot, the governor of Rhode Island changes to 100% capacity. Today, this Shabbat is the first Shabbat of 100% capacity, not just in congregations, but in every business sector. Everything we pray for happened. Everything. Praise God. The power of prayer. Do not minimize the power of prayer. I had people coming to me that I don't even know too well, but knew what we were doing. People that do not attend Mishkan David. People that live in Massachusetts. I wasn't even following the law so much of Massachusetts. People that follow us maybe on Facebook, but don't really attend here, didn't even attend the Shavuot service we had on Sunday night, contacted me and said, Rabbi Brian, on Shavuot Monday, the day, the day after, Shavuot was Sunday to Monday, so Monday, on Shavuot, Massachusetts changed all its laws. On Shavuot, your prayers worked. This is a stranger yeah. telling me. There is so much happening yes, there is. in heaven. Yes. And God wants us to participate yes. in these things yes. and partner with his plan Amen. through our prayers. Amen. And by the way, you know I don't wax political too much here. You know I don't way too much division and yada, yada, yada. I don't wax too much political here. But I will wax political on certain things. And I do want to say this. For those that are here who have been praying for decades for laws that protect the unborn. Yes. Praying for decades, literally decades about that, about that topic. On Shavuot, the Supreme Court said they're going to take up cases to look at this thing. Amen. On Shavuot, on Monday is when the announcement came out. For those who have been praying for decades for something smart, something that protects life. Yes. Amen, Lord. Amen. Now is the time. This, Amen. I'm telling you, yes. camera, this is the time. This is the time to pray. The moment is at hand. Amen. This is the time to pray. This is the time to petition God. This is the time to get in fiercely with your prayers. You're going to see within the next few weeks the battle for the Supreme Court and to shift the political uh, leaning of the Supreme Court. It's about to get fierce because these cases are coming. You're going to see it. The, the, the battle to move the court a little more towards the pro-choice side it's going to happen fiercely this is happening now this is the time to pray for those who've been praying for this 
and battling this in spirit and travailing over this issue for literally decades. This is the moment. This is the moment. Sometimes God can do things. God does things in a moment. Sometimes he does things over time. Sometimes we have to pray and he does things immediately and his answer is now all the time. Sometimes we pray and his answer is yes, his answer is amen, but it could be in time in the future. I'm going to go back to the scripture and I'm going to read again because I'm a messianic rabbi. I can pray. I can read from the... the okay. <laughs> so Daniel 9. That famous chapter in Daniel 9, where the angel came and gave an amazing prophecy of the end of the exile, the end of the Babylonian exile. About 70 weeks, amazing prophecy. It happened when Daniel was reading the Bible, and he was reading the book of Jeremiah, and he realized, he knew it already, I'm sure, but Jeremiah said that this sort of thing is going to last 70 years, this galut, the exile, in, in Babylon. And it was, a, it was the time. And he, he, he intersected with God's plan because he knew the time was now. And he started to pray. And then in um, verse 20, chapter 9 of Daniel, while I, while I was still speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of the people of Israel, presenting my supplication before Adonai, my God, on behalf of the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was still praying, Gabriel, the one who I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me swiftly. While I was still praying. That's pretty quick response. He prayed, and the, and the revelation came. Quick. Daniel 10. It was a little bit of a different situation. It says that, um, starting in verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three whole weeks. He ate no rich food, so he was fasting and he was praying. Three weeks, three weeks, he was praying. But listen to this, there is so much happening behind the veil. There is so much happening behind the veil. Here we go. Twelve. <laughs> Then he, an angel, said to me, Daniel, don't be afraid, Daniel. From the first day, you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard. So right from the time he started to pray, there was activity in heaven. Yes. Amen. But I have come because of your words. However, the prince of the kingdom of Persia resisted me for 21 days. How long was he praying? Three, Three weeks. How long was the angel resisted by the prince of the kingdom of Persia? 21 days, three weeks. There was battle happening all throughout the time he was praying. Sometimes God answers quickly, and sometimes we just gotta press in and press in and press in and press in and don't give up. And I just have a hunch that if we just, for, for the Shavuot service, and I have a hunch that if we just, you know, did one little prayer, it might have been a different experience. Sometimes you just gotta press on, press on and pray and pray and pray and don't give up because just know you have access to behind the veil. 
as people of the body of the Messiah, of the high priest in heaven, you have access to what's behind the veil. When the high priest, the natural high priest, was in the tabernacle and he went into the Holy of Holies, I guarantee when he was doing his function, it didn't look like we would think. I guarantee it. I guarantee that the ark and the mercy seat and all the things that were in the Holy of Holies, I guarantee it didn't look that way. I guarantee what was behind the veil was spiritual. I guarantee when he was when he was behind there, it wasn't just what you would what you would normally see in the natural. I guarantee that it was something heavenly happening behind the veil. But at Yeshua's death, it says the veil was torn. Which means that you have access. We have access to what's behind the veil. We have access to what is behind the veil. He wants us to pray. The way to connect with what he's doing behind the veil is through our prayers. Whether it takes a moment or whether we just have to press in and press in and press in. Don't give up praying. Go grab your brother. Go grab your sister. And where two or more are gathered, he is there. Bless the Lord. I'm going to go back to my Bible. Because I'm up for it. Here is a parable from Luke 18. Yeshua told them a parable to show that they should always pray and not be discouraged. He said, there was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor respected people. Then there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my opponent. He was unwilling at the time, but afterwards he said to himself, although I don't fear God, this is the judge, although I don't fear God or respect people, I love this. I'm giving you my, my best go-to prayer verses today. Because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so she won't wear me out by her incessant coming. I love that. What he's saying is bother God. Bother him. Bother him. And keep bothering him. Now, really, you're not bothering God. But in this parable, he's saying, just keep asking. Keep knocking. Knock and it will be opened. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. And keep going. Bother him. Keep knocking. Aggravate him until it gives you what you want. <laughs> That's essentially what it's saying. There's a, a parable just before, also in the book of Luke, which speaks about a friend who knocks on the door in the middle of the night and says, Can you give me some bread? He's like, I'm not giving you any bread. It's the middle of the night. Everybody's sleeping. But the guy keeps knocking. His guy's like, All right, I'm going to give you some bread. Persistence. Persistent prayers. Persistent prayers. Now, sometimes you got to realize that the answer to the prayer sometimes is no. Sometimes it's no. I'm going to tell you an example of an answered prayer for our end of the exile Shavuot service. An amazing answered prayer. We had a couple of pastors come, as you know. And they blessed us with the word. We have Pastor David from across the street at Praise Tabernacle blessed us with the word. Pastor Chris from Bible Way Christian Fellowship came and blessed us with the word. And that was just, uh, just so beautiful, so amazing, such a blessing. It was so on my heart to have Pastor Pryor from Lighthouse Church come to the event. Because I thought it was so, it was so special. It, they, really, the, the, kind of the owner of this house 
would go and, and receive and, and bless us and come up, come forward and, and speak a blessing over us. It was so on my heart for that to happen. And in our counting of the Omer, Sefirot HaOmer, prayer, praying every night, one of the nights we just spoke, we did a focused prayer on the pastors that were going to speak. And we prayed over Pastor David, and we prayed over Pastor Chris, and we prayed over the words that they would share. Very, very focused prayers about a, a specific thing. And we prayed for Pastor Pryor to come. I shared my heart. Like, I want Pastor Pryor to come. He was, he was sort of not sure because he just had knee surgery. I wasn't sure. He never committed to it. And I would be praised. Can we just pray together that Pastor Pryor will come? Because I really believe it would be a blessing. And we prayed about it. Right when the prayer night ended, I am talking literally like a second after the Zoom call hung up. I'm not exaggerating. I got the text to prove it. I got a call, a text from his wife saying they're not coming. Right after we prayed specifically for him to come. Praise God, the prayer was answered. It was a no. But it was answered. It was answered. Sometimes the answer is no. But God answers. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Adonai. Bless you, Lord God. So, Father, I just pray that we are encouraged to pray more. Do you know when the best time is to pray? And this is more from a personal perspective. Anytime. I'm gonna, anytime is right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna elaborate, I'm gonna dig into the anytime a little bit more. I got another scripture here. This is from Matthew. I want you to hear this. This is when uh, Peter was trying to walk on water. See, walking on water is pretty cool. And I really appreciate that the disciples went to Yeshua and said, teach me how to pray. If I was the disciple, I would have said, teach me how to walk on water. But they said, teach me how to pray. If I was the disciple, I would have said, teach me how to heal the sick and cast out demons. But they said, teach me how to pray. And I love that. And I love that Yeshua gave a response that's more of a liturgical response. A Father in heaven, holy is your name. This is this is why you know, like you know, like a, a, a you know, Christian might look at a Jewish synagogue. Oh, all their prayers are by rote, and then they'll go back. Our Father who is in heaven, yes. He gave liturgy. He gave liturgy, just like we do here. Anyway, that was a redirection. So, so this is Matthew fourteen. Starting in verse 22, and this is when uh, Yeshua was out on a mountain alone, and they were on the boat, and then Yeshua came walking on the water, and he, they said, he said, have no fear, it is me. And then Peter, in his boldness, said, if that's you, you tell me to come, I'm coming. I love that too. I relate to that. You just give the word, I'm coming right out. I love that. Love that type of passionate obedience. 
So Yeshua said, come on, bring it. So Peter gets out of the boat. This is verse 29. Peter gets out of the boat and walked on the water to go to Yeshua. But seeing the wind, he became terrified. And when he began to sink, he cried out, saying, Master, save me. And immediately, Yeshua reached out his hand and grabbed him. When did he cry out? Can you repeat exactly what I said? When he began to sink. There is a battle over us when we are beginning to sink. That's the time that the enemy doesn't want us to pray. This is the time that we should be praying. This is the time that we should be seeking prayer. This is the time that we should be coming forward to our brothers and our sisters and saying, I'm struggling. Not after you're underwater. It's a whole lot harder to get back up. When Peter began to sink, he cried out, Yeshua saved me, and Yeshua grabbed me. I pray that we all have the courage to reach out for prayer while we're sinking. When we begin to sink, not after we're on the war. The battle is at that time. Reach out for prayer at that time. There's one thing that I feel really strongly about as a rabbi, and that is unity in the body. And that there are many parts in a body, and that we all have a purpose Amen. in a body. Amen. And I feel so strongly that when somebody is weak, there is somebody that's strong that can lift you up. Yes. Yes. And I encourage you, when you're struggling, when you are sinking, I mean, James says when you're sick, go to the elders. Pray for one another. When Moses was in a battle, and when Israel was in a battle with Amalek, and by the way, if you see the battle between Israel and Amalek, any time in the Torah, it's spiritual. This is why when Moses had his hand raised, Israel was victorious. When Moses lowered his hands, they were getting beat. And there was a time that Moses wanted to raise his hands up, but did not have the strength. So people came and raised his hands, and then the victory was theirs. And the battle was won. This is the body working. When you are weak, when you're too weak to pray, when you have given up, pray. Go to your brothers and your sisters and they will raise up your arms. This is how Adonai wants the body to work. Praise the Lord. There is much happening behind the veil. Let us partner with what God is doing through the effective prayers of the righteous. Effective accomplishes much. Father, help us to remember always to pray, always to, always to be a partner with you, always to affect this world. If we're not going out and doing something, we can always affect what the situations simply through praying. It is a spiritual reality. Let's not forget it. I am so encouraged from our end of the exile event. More than the fun we had, it was prayers were answered. Hallelujah! Specific prayers were answered. Let's not forget that.
In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen.